Hey everybody, my name's Johan Philip, And I'm Matt Carvel. And we are live! Every Tuesday afternoon for Live Lunch. That is the place that we take the Sunday teaching and we have a discussion about it. We unpack the different themes, ask some different questions, and we're inviting you to get involved in it. Have a listen or submit some questions. That's all. And we have food. So if you want to find out about some good eating options around Brighton and Hove, tune into Live Lunch. Well, we get fed physically, but you get fed spiritually. Uh, Tuesdays at 1pm live on Instagram then the video does sit on YouTube and podcast if you'd like more information about how you can join in with the conversation at live lunch we are emmanuel.com forward slash live lunch we are live I've waited so many months to say this yeah we're here it's been a while welcome back to uh, live lunch it is back I'm so excited it is we had a term off a term off and we even had conversations about is this the end of live lunch? What was yeah. happening was it was just becoming too successful. All five of them were saying, all of our five viewers were saying, we missed this. We cannot contain this, but we've we come need, away. We need to know what's the... Regrouped a bit. In thing to eat in Brighton these days. That's right. Today we've got bagels. bagels. I, do, I do really like a good bagel. We've got yeah. salmon in my bagel. We've got the wonderful Christine Lydiard with us. Thank you, Christine, for joining us. Thank nice to be here. For making that sound. Um, <laughs> new year, new me. Do you guys have any fun New Year resolutions? Do not you? me. Not, no, not not really. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't tend to. But at the beginning, I actually preached on New Year's Day. Um, it wasn't in series, and it was. It was about. This is when you got really emotional. I get emotional most times. No, you don't. Do I not? No. Sometimes I do. You were like fighting back tears in the. Well, it's quite an emotional story. Yeah, yeah. You can look up that on YouTube if you want. Um, not just me crying, the actual message was probably it is quite more ready. I didn't actually cry. I don't mind if I do. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, New Year's resolutions. And um, I spoke from um, First Samuel about um, the, that wonderful verse where God says, those who honour me, I will honour. And talking about the manner in which we live our lives. And uh, I, so that personally has challenged me and challenged me to think about, I suppose it's not, I don't really have a, a one New Year's resolution, but about thinking about my life and think the balance of my life in terms of work, but also emotional health, spiritual health, physical health, family, getting all those balances. And actually, I think probably as many people have felt just through the last two years, it's just been like, just like life has just come at you <laughs> and you're just trying to cope with it yeah. and just try to respond. You're kind of in like in defense mode of like just getting through. And I felt like actually, no, it feels like a bit like a, a season turn that I can actually make some positive decisions to try and live life in the way that I want to. And hopefully that will honor God rather than be on the back foot and defensive, that sort of thing. So that's what I'm trying to do. And we're two weeks in, it's going all right. <laughs> How do you think he's doing, Johan? Have you felt the difference already? We've not been here yet. I was, you were just rambling. And I started, you were thinking about bagels. I was, yeah, I was like, what is he saying? Is, what is he doing? <laughs> so you basically said you haven't done, made a specific decision, a specific action. You would make holistic improvement. I, well, let's, let's, we can go, go practical. Yeah. I, I, That's what the people want. I'm running more. I am trying to get more devotional content in my my week. Oh, give me some, give me some recommendations. More what devotional content? Proactive. What uh, devotional content are you getting in your week? 
You know what? Yeah. Remember when uh, everyone was talking about uh, Gentle and Lonely? Yeah. I started it. I thought, I'll go back to you. Right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a demo. <laughs> that was so. like about three or four years ago. I'm doing really editions on Psalms. It's like a short four minute, four minute uh, audio clip. Is it? Really good. Dane yeah. Good lad. Um, anyway, again, it's that. And yeah, I've been pro- more proactive, trying to schedule in some date nights. So Catherine and I have some yes. quality time together in the week and that's all they're making sure that's in, getting those, um, yeah, priorities in. I did last time. Cooked a curry. It's quite good, actually. Quite good, actually. Yeah. So says yourself. Mm. Anyway, should we get into Matthew 17? Yeah. So, well, for those of you who are joining us, I'm uh, aware of what's going on with our preaching series. Matthew, do you want to tell us what we're doing? Yes, I can do. It's all about me. No, it's a we uh, for a few. I think we how, I can't even remember. We've done several series on the Book of Matthew. Is there only two? It feels like more than that. God with us. But we did like mini series anyway. Let's keep let's keep going. Um, on the Book of Matthew, we we the, the, yeah. The last time we got to it, we got up to about Matthew sixteen. So we thought we'd pick up the story in Matthew seventeen. Take the journey of Jesus, looking at the the things that Jesus does. He says a lot. We're not going to major on the different um, uh, sermons towards the end of Matthew, but focusing on the action things in order to get follow Jesus' path to the cross and the resurrection, Easter Sunday. We're queuing it up, so we'll talk about the resurrection on Easter Sunday, which seems like a appropriate thing to do. We've called the series Hope is Here. It's... As we look at Jesus, we are reminded and see what he is like, how he, the different aspects of who he is as these episodes in his life sort of display his power, his character, his, well, we see in this week, the transfiguration, his glory. um, And that's the journey that we're on. So we wanted to make a series that really helps people, gives people a lot of hope, but also is really accessible for people who are just coming to church maybe for the first time thinking who is this Jesus that they're talking about and having a series that we look directly at him every single week in a very obvious way. This week we're on Matthew 17. We have looked at the first nine verses and it's the transfiguration. Good message from Joel. Great start yep. to the, the, yeah, the term. I particularly liked the, um, the, 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 the way at the beginning that he kind of reference this as the way we might treat it as a bit of a like the musical episode in a sitcom that it's just like whoa it's completely different to what we're used to and a bit bizarre it's kind of familiar but kind of not at the same time which is perhaps why how we can tend to think about it or when we're reading our bibles think oh that's a bit out of step and there's nothing else quite like it maybe jesus baptism the similarities there um, and then we skip on to the next bit so it might be good to start a conversation just thinking about how do we think about this passage? What is in there that is it's quite unusual? <laughs> we're, we're probably prone not to really take on the gravity of what is going on. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really, it is one of those passages that you can read through and think, I don't really understand this, so I'll just carry on. Um, Because it just, I think it raises more questions than we can answer. But that's not a bad thing, because what we're seeing is a window into divinity here. And I think we could do well to actually meditate on a passage like this. Think about what does it mean if somebody's face is shining like the sun? and his clothes become white. 
it's so strange, isn't it? It's so completely different to our experience. And it's speaking, yes, of the glory of God, of the transcendence of God. And I think we also need reminders that God is not like us. Mm. And that's why it's really important when we get to a passage like this that may seem difficult, may seem that we don't really understand it, that we don't just skip on because these passages are here for a reason, because they are, they are, this book is about God and it's revealing something more about God to us, even if we can't understand what that is. Mm, yeah, I'm, going, I'm just going to go straight into, at the end of it, he's, it, again, that's just, it's confusing for us and maybe we don't quite know the answer, but him saying, don't tell others. And even the fact that it's Jesus' selective at the beginning, at the beginning of the passage saying, Jesus took Peter, James and John, None of the others led them away from everyone else. No one else uh, witnessed witnessed what was what was going on. It does seem a bit strange. Why 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 do you think? Why do you think, Christine? At the end of it, Jesus is like, don't tell anyone. I think it's probably a matter of timing. Yeah. Um, because the crucifixion's coming up, isn't it? We've got a, a, a period of time before that. Mm. But I think they were there because they needed to see it. Mm. So. Um, but maybe the others didn't in the same way. We don't know that, do we? But there needed to be some witnesses who could tell about this afterwards. Yeah. And I guess once the resurrection has happened as well, that um, having another story like this just speaks more about who God is. Yeah. And the fact that this happened beforehand, that it's not just that there was the resurrection, but there have been instances through Jesus' life when we've seen God speak to him. So there was his baptism as well. Yeah. Um, but that was more public. This one, I, I don't think we really can say absolutely we know why. No, but yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think that theme of the glory of God in the incarnate Christ being at times hidden and revealed, hidden and revealed. Yes. It goes right through the Gospels and into the 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 rest of the new testament as well um you know g- g- that that theme is quite strong in, in john i think as well and later on john is saying you know we who we touched and we we were with and we we saw him mm. and that's what we're proclaiming to you and it's like through the narrative of jesus um we have these moments where the curtain <laughs> curtains pulled back and we see something in the glory of jesus but he's like but that timing thing that progressive yeah. revelation and even the sense of that, you know, the Pharisees, religious leaders, didn't know who Jesus was. Um, and he's like, well, you are not going to understand, but other people, it's going to be hidden from you and revealed to others. Yeah. And it's to do with your heart and it's to do with faith. Um, that's the sort of theme that we come back to again and again. I think just deeper, going a bit deeper into that question, <clears throat> into that question, there might be a really simple answer to this, is... We don't really have any stories outside of the, maybe outside of of Paul's conversion, where audibly the voice of God can be heard by multiple people rather than just the one person. And I remember talking to somebody who said, why doesn't God just make himself more obvious? If, if today Jesus appeared mm-hmm. in the sky, I would believe that he was real. Or if we, if stuff like, if we heard the voice of God clearly saying, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, I'm, I may put more faith in him. So I may believe in him, but that doesn't happen. You know, why is there a hiddenness to the revelation of God? 
I think in one way there isn't a hiddenness because we know that creation speaks about the glory of God. There are ways that God is speaking all the time and it's us who wants it to be on our terms in ways that's easy for us. Um, but God's chosen to do that differently. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think when people ask that question, it, it would be interesting. It, it's interesting to ask that, like, um, ask a bit more. Like, what would that look like then? Yeah. What would that look like? And actually, how many of the answers actually are things that are shown in the scripture, in the gospel accounts? Because the gospel accounts of Jesus are exactly that God speaking physically yeah. to people. And you see how people respond. They would crucify. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, Jesus went to people and then he said, you, you know, is he going to do miraculous? How is, how is Jesus going to prove that he is God? You're going to do miraculous things? Is that what people would say? He did that. And the people said, oh, you're doing it from the, because you're in league with the devil. And he's like, no, this is about forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Oh, you can't forgive sins because you're not God. And he's like, well, I'll heal this person and show you that God's power is in me and and not doing anything wrong and and like God has done that and that's that's the thing we want to on our terms say well he's not said that to me well it's like it has it has been written an orderly account yeah. as Luke says has been put together so that people anyone can see and understand through multiple witnesses that Jesus has come and spoken and he was talking about he's spoken now for for all time um but we've also got an example here of what happens when God does speak and what happens to the disciples. Yeah. They're flat on their faces. It's a fearful thing. Mm. And I think there's an arrogance in that kind of view. Oh, why doesn't God speak to me so that I can hear him? Actually, if we were to hear him, mm-hmm. it's it's a, a frightening thing. And I mean, frightening, you know, it's all inspiring because we're coming. We may not be face to face, but we're actually hearing the voice of God that I think that we think too um, in such a small mm. way about these things. About we're it. too lowly and mm. we don't have a big view of who he is. And passages like this really help us with that because we can be we can be so kind of over familiar with Jesus and God that we treat them almost as pals. Mm. And, um, and of course, we do have a, an open access relationship with God, but we should never lose that sense of awe because he is almighty God. I guess to go a bit deeper, hopefully, <laughs> to go a bit deep, deeper into that is the, uh, is the objective of, of God's voice being heard, something to cause us to fall. You can't talk. To, to fall flat on our faces. Um, it, it does seem that there is, is a... Yes, God became accessible through Jesus and he, he, he walked around and he let people touch him and yeah. did life with people. Uh, but he, when we hear the voice of God the Father, the often the response... So, so Paul lost his sight. He lost it. He fell off this horse. Yeah. Lost his sight. Um, you have you have this story where Peter, James, and John mm. fell flat on their faces, and you got in when God sent on Mount in the mountain in Exodus, uh, Mount Sinai, that you know they thought come nowhere near, and it was quite like yeah. a, a fearful thing. Yeah, well, you've, also, you've also got sorry, it's also Samuel, isn't there? He is an audible voice, mm. um, but he doesn't know who it is. Mm-hmm. So you've got. That's another, a different kind of example. Sorry, I interrupted you. I, I guess 
do we want God to be more palatable to us and not this fearful, fear, fear, the fear-inspiring being that's out there? Well, I, yeah, I, I think on that, I think what comes to mind for me is when you, by God's grace, he gives you faith to believe in him and, and see him and trust him. You realize that it's a mercy, like it's, it, it's, it's a mercy that God is held back even further revelation. Like there's one, the, there's a time coming when Jesus has come again. And it says that every new about and tongue confess. Mm. Everyone will see Jesus for who he is. Like if, if anyone is asking now, oh, I wish Jesus would come and see him, then I would know and believe. Well, he is coming. Mm. And he called everyone to repent and trust in him. And he, the fact that he's not come yet, what does the Bible make of that? Well, it says God is being patient and gracious to give people opportunity to repent and believe based on the revelation that's given now because one day it will be too late. And that, and that ties into those things we're talking about. When God shows himself to people, people don't see it as good news yeah. <laughs> because a holy God coming to you, a sinner, is, is not good news unless there is the, the salvation through Christ. Um, and so it's almost when people sort of say, you know, could, you know, I wish God would um, make himself clear. It's like, well, it, in one sense, it's be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, it needs to be a humility and a reverence for that. In another sense, there's also a promise. Anyone who seeks me will find me. Like that is a promise of scripture that it, the, the, the door to God is not closed to anyone. Um, that the one who truly seeks will will find, and that and that we can't come to God based on our intellect. And again, that the question of how we get to understand God on our terms is like, well, if I'm clever enough, I'll work God out. If I am, mm-hmm. you know, read enough, that I'll be. That's not actually. It's faith. You have to trust mm. that that you don't have the answers. That you are. Uh, a fallen human being and God is so hard above and it's like you have to get to a point of God if you are real reveal yourself and the amazing thing is he promises that he he will yeah. and he does yeah um, but it is on it is on his terms and we have to approach him by faith yeah theologians talk about God's condescension to us that means he's coming down making himself understandable to us mm. and using uh words, ideas, concepts as well. There's lots of picture language in the Bible, but also that part of that would be not the revelation of himself in all his glory all the time, because we are frail and human and he comes to us in ways that we can understand and uh, in such a way that we can receive that revelation. And I think that's really important. It's not that God is withdrawing or holding himself back or hiding himself what he's actually doing is revealing himself in the ways that we can understand. Yeah. So let's let's go on to that. I suppose, like, getting to know God more, Joel made uh, a really strong and important exhortation for us to listen to Jesus. And so I want to get into a uh, little bit of reflection on what does that look like for our lives and the application. But let me phrase it in a bit of a, not controversial, but more, perhaps more provocative way. Um, Joel, one of the things Joel was saying was, you know, reading your your Bible, and I think certain very conservative church would say, almost say, 
essentially that the only way that we can hear the voice of God is the scripture. How would we, in, we answer that question? Like, how do we hear the voice of God? Is it only from scripture or can we hear the voice of God and listen to Jesus through other means as well? Well, I think the scripture is God's inspired word that he's given to us and it's his primary way of speaking to us. And um, we've already talked about other ways that people hear the voice of God. We've talked about different characters in the Bible, but there are few and far between who actually hear God like that. But uh, there might audible be way, yeah. audible okay. way. But we might. But we believe that can happen now. We do believe that can happen now. Yeah. And um, but also God speaks to us through spiritual gifts. Sometimes he speaks to us through the admonition of a friend. There, there are a numbers of different ways, but what I'd say is that the word of God is the primary way mm. that he speaks to us. Yeah. Because like we, I mean, you, you said something, you know, because I was just thinking, you know, we're coming off the back of um, our prayer meeting gathering that we had last week. One of the things we'd say when we're encouraging you to be there, there is like, God will speak to us. Now, at one point I did stand up and <laughs> read a psalm out. And it, it was... Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, reverence before the word of God that's good um, but we also believe that God can speak to us prophetically I mean yes. like, yo like how has God spoken to you you wouldn't say it's just been through words of scripture when you read the Bible you, would you yeah sure. I, I, was, I was thinking about this I don't know whether I think maybe I got this, I'm always nervous about trying to re-quote somebody but when Joel, when Joel was talking about um, God speaking to us I, I think God speaks to us a the, or like the fullest interpretation or understanding of Jesus is from the Bible. Yeah. If you were looking to know more about Jesus outside from extra biblical sources, then I'd feel nervous because I don't really trust that. Um, that being said, when you read, um, when I, I enjoy reading C.S. Lewis, and mm. I, his descriptive language of the mm. divine uh, and the heavenly, so not the heavenly, helps me enlarge my imagination my yeah. perspective on oh wow actually the language that i have for understanding certain things is limited but when he mm. writes stuff but I, I i don't i think anybody adding to the character of jesus or who jesus is outside of the bible i, I don't know whether we would accept that yeah but i think there's lots of wisdom that you can yeah. receive for life from outside yes. the bible yeah um and there are yeah you know there's there's kings in who write psalms who we don't know whether they were hmm. God-fearing kings, um, and yet we it's in scripture. So I think there's wisdom that you can get from outside the Bible. I I personally, when somebody says they heard the voice of God, it comes with an authority which, man, you've got to be so confident yes. that that's the voice of God. Yeah. I don't think I I would ever say with such certainty that God said this to me. Hmm. And feel it a hundred percent because I have my own desires, I have my own thoughts, I have my own imagination, uh, and there have been things where I thought, "Oh, this really feels like God is speaking to me or saying something really clear," and I've got it spectacularly wrong. Mm. Uh, Having said that, though, I, I know that there have been times where I and Rob, my husband, have been prayed for and somebody has said, "Well, I just feel that this is what God's saying," and it's it's yeah. it's actually altered the course of our yes. lives. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's you know, there are well. yeah. there are those specific moments where somebody has either a prophetic word or a kind of word of yeah. knowledge, and 
But if anybody is in that situation that happens to them, you, you must weigh that word yeah. mm-hmm. and pray about it. It's, you know, that there's a process around that and it needs to be weighed uh, against the word of God. Is it saying anything different to that? Um, and I think that you don't just re- react to those words straight away, that you, you actually pray about it yourself and and then ask God and, and do you find a kind of peace about that as well? Yeah. There, there's kind of, a, it's really funny with language, isn't it? People talk about having a witness in their heart, kind mm. of, how would, how would we put that more, um, that we just feel right about it, mm. that there's something about it that rings true with us and um, in where, uh, wherever we're at in our relationship with God at that point. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what we're talking about. And that's what I wanted to get at is that... Uh, we believe in the ongoing active work of the Holy Spirit Mm. in believers. And in the scripture, in the New Testament, where it talks about the the activity of the Spirit amongst the church and uses words like word of knowledge or prophecy or that sort of thing, we believe that activity has not finished, was not just for a certain part of time, but Mm. is an ongoing um, work that happens within the church. Now, as we've said, all those just to sort of draw those together, the Holy Spirit, you know, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, one God. And so anything that the Spirit is doing in terms of prompting us or um, leading us, uh, we would, we believe, if it's of the Spirit, it must be in accordance with the Scripture, the revelation of Christ, revelation of God through the scripture, because there is that that uh, unity within God. Sometimes, uh, well, I guess by contrast, what we don't believe is that the work of the Spirit is just completely separate yeah. to, to scripture or to like <clears throat> almost like talk about the Spirit as if he has a will and a, mm. of his own. That's not the same as uh, the Father and Son. That No, we believe there is a, a unity there. Uh, and so that's why we believe, if someone says, oh, I'm, believe God's spoken to me or God has spoken to me because they've got in a sense yes we can't automatically discount that because no. we believe if that person is filled with the Holy Spirit the Spirit yeah. is at work yeah uh, within them but that discernment is weighing it against scripture is it in line with that because as you said there is lots of different desires and we are not perfect uh, interpreters no, of the exactly. work of the Spirit yeah um, and so that's a really important thing to do and I think I agree with you I think the <laughs> The more mature in faith I get, the less confident I become about saying God has said. Sometimes you, you know, you can be a bit naively because actually, when Paul talks about prophecy, that's a, talking about how we prophesy in part. Yeah, and we see God, but through a glass dimly. So he's talking about the fact that we, even though the work of the Spirit is perfect and good, our interpretation of that is not, and we yeah. have to have the humility to recognize yes. that. Um, but that doesn't mean we just, oh, it can't be important. Because what often happens is when we do, either through preaching, someone praying for us, a worship song, we the Holy Spirit seems to highlight something or a truth of Scripture comes fresh to us, it tends to give us faith. Yes. It yes. tends to give us faith to do something, believe something, walk forward, make a decision, take hold of something that we believe is true from the scripture and apply it to our lives. Yeah. And so that is a real um, a sort of discerning factor. Yeah. If, if it is the Holy Spirit, is it giving you faith to actually trust God and yeah. to follow in his ways? 
or is it something it's just you wanted to happen anyway that sort of thing yeah. so i think that's an important thing because we believe in the charismatic but that doesn't contradict scripture it doesn't undermine scripture actually we believe in the ongoing work of the spirit because we have a high view of scripture because yeah. the scripture yeah. talks about the work of the spirit yes. and we don't want to just ignore those vo- verses from scripture. yeah and i think this is where getting it being outworked within community is so key and and bringing prophetic words or things that you may feel or things that people have said to you to to people who are more mature and they work with God to small group leaders your elders because I, because sometimes it may the thing that somebody said may sound very biblical and it may sound mm-hmm. oh this sounds actually really cool and I think this is what scripture does say but it could be wrong <laughs> it could, I remember a lady said I she felt or something a prophetic word that I would be doing a certain thing um connected to the church in a certain area in India and I just grieved me I couldn't I was like I don't I really don't want to do this yeah. I spoke to one of the elders and I said how do you weigh that I'm feeling a burden this has become a burden to me it's not something I'm excited about and then he was like no you don't have to no. uh, submit to it yeah and if it plays out great but you don't have to then change your life mm-hmm. and how you feel so I, I what she said wasn't counter biblical I think it it fitted into what scripture would teach about planting churches and making disciples but yeah i i guess we're we're running out of time one one of the quick things you want that you all talked about was um, the voices that we listen to yes. who we listening to and um, you know there is we, we're not like saying only consume so are we going are we going on beyond half fast we're Go taking on. a new series of live uh, uh, last question we can carry on last question i'm up for it yeah great great keep going um uh, last question uh, the, the voices that we that we listen to, um, he he said we're not saying only listen to uh, Emmanuel teaching and preaching. We're saying no, 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 or even Christian, go listen. But there's there's sometimes when uh, voices that we do listen to can can become unhelpful. In the media, we've got we've got somebody like Andrew Tate at the moment. I haven't really listened to any of his stuff. Doesn't interest me at all. I, um, but why is somebody like that really? How has he become popular? And you know, are there good principles that you would encourage people to put in place to help them either consume content carefully or just completely avoid certain kinds of content? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting one. I actually think that scripture actually speaks directly to this. I'm not going to get the reference right, but in terms of um, where as we have itching ears eager to hear certain things um you know things that we want to hear and it's interesting that someone like andrew tate who's in the headlines for very negative reasons at the minute and even himself is a self-proclaimed misogynist um but there's something that he is tapping into that is appealing to people's essentially for selfishness which is appealing to all of it. So from a biblical point of view, we're, we're looking at people and understanding people, recognizing there is innate selfishness in us. That's one of the ways that sin is outworked in us. Mm. It orientates ourselves to ourselves rather than to God. Mm. The opposite of that is worship and honoring God and living for him. But those voices can resonate with many people and even with people who should know better because he's appealing to a selfishness that we all have within us 
And I think there's lots of voices right now that actually appeal to the worst in people. And society has some understanding of that. And so recognizing what is talking about is actually disruptive and it's not helpful. It doesn't build community and it minimizes people and it devalues people. And they're saying there's something that's not good about that, but yet it's popular. And they can't quite, without the diagnosis of sin, they can't quite put those two things together. It's just people scratching their heads. Why is this something that we know is bad, but people really want to hear? But it's like, well, because of sin. <laughs> because everyone wants to be selfish. Everyone wants to hear things that will build themselves up, even at the expense of others. And that is what someone like Andrew Tate is tapping into. And so how do we go from that extreme example to uh, discerning? how what we listen to now because as you say what's one of the things that joel was talking about who do we listen to well we're not necessarily saying that all a christian should listen to and consume is 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 the bible just or or even things that have a label of christian Mm. on them but be discerning in the sense of what is this teaching this truth this wisdom what is the outworking of it? What is the fruitfulness? Is it helping me to actually take steps forward in things that the scripture would tell me to in terms of, well, it could be loving God, but it could be loving others or stewarding the gifts that God has given me or those types of things. You know, you can get wisdom about doing those things, maybe not worshiping God, but how to serve others, how to develop yourself personally. Um, if your heart and your motivation is to do that for the glory of God. You can get wisdom about that from other places, uh, but you have to be careful about if that's coming alongside uh, a narrative and an idea that puts the self at the center of the universe, which much Mm. of secular thinking does, because without God, who else is going to be in the middle? So you've got to disentangle that a little bit and say, is there wisdom that's going to be helpful for me to glorify God? without being swallowed into me being the center of the universe. And, and to serve my community. Serve my community, yeah. serve others, think about others yeah. more than we've so just before. I, I'm just thinking about, well, what, what about things that we listen to for entertainment? Mm-hmm. Because we're not always looking to things for wisdom. Yeah. So yeah. how would you think? And we were talking about podcasts. Our favorite show. Our Stumbled our, on a shared love of the yes, West Wing. Yes, we both love the West Wing. Yeah, I love the West Wing. So, yeah. Oh, um, right. So we, we all love the West Wing, but um, and that has got some good values in it. Yeah, it's um, also good. But it's got, not, it's got not, plenty of good values. Of course it has. No, I'm just trying to widen it. No, I'm, just thinking, I'm just thinking about, you know, I listened to a history podcast, for example. Um, Joel mentioned it. History. Yeah, the rest yeah. is history. And okay. they were talking about Jesus the other day, but from a non-believer's point of view. Yeah. So how does... Can you explain to us how listening to that fits within how you've just talked about how we approach uh, what actually, we listen I, to? Can I give you an example? Go on. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, boldly, is there anything that you've, you've consumed um, which, you, which you had to stop? Mm. But I, I was thinking, what did I say? Fascinating for me, it was the TV show Friends. Right. I absolutely detest it now. But I remember being enamored and enjoying the humor when it, when it first came out. Now, in, I kind of like recently watched a few episodes of Bowen and then this is like television. It sexualizes almost every relationship. Mm-hmm. It gives you such a low, not just on relationships, but on, on people. Yeah. On the way you view the opposite sex. And mm. I don't want that creeping into my life. I don't yeah. want to be influenced by, because it's not like a subplot, it is the plot. 
Mm. It's uh, it's how you do relationships. Mm. I don't think the the way they do relationships is on his God or on his community. I think it's quite a degrading view of relationships. Yeah. But I'm I'm aware that. 10, 11 episodes of Friends, I mean, if I watched all of those 10 episodes, I think the, the subliminal message going into me about women and about relationships mm. would just be not, not mm. would be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you were kind of saying, to, to put those two things together, you're saying, is there, a, is there any benefit of it or what is the benefit of it? And I think, I, but I would say is the benefit of it, I, I, the, the question is, can you thank God for it? Yeah, it's about enjoy. You can enjoy things. I think entertainment doesn't, as I say, it doesn't have to be necessarily constructive. Something no. that we listen to, something we consume, be a podcast, TV show, film, that sort of thing. But it can be something that you enjoy. But is your enjoyment to the glory of God? Like God has given us creation to enjoy, and Thanksgiving is is the key is the key, um, because you know, and that's you know the the Romans one trajectory. Mm. is like the God has gave everyone creation to enjoy. Mm. And the way we were supposed to enjoy that is to give glory to God and honor to him. Okay. Can you give glory and to God after watching Die Hard? I think you can. Absolutely you think you can. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Individ let me say this. Individual individual I think entertainment or whatever, there is a, there is conscience issues because every Everything is is fallen. My preachers are not perfect. There is some things that will <laughs> no Christians not increasingly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so you cannot say, well, I'm only going to listen to stuff like this because this is godly and everything else is ungodly. No, everything is marred by sin and not perfect. So you, so it's everything is going to be a, 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 a balance of is this going to be helpful to me or not? And sometimes even if things are only slightly unhelpful, they can be so unhelpful that it's actually not worth watching them or not good for us to watch them. But I think the, th- the things that are good about Die Hard, let's say specifically, mm, that sense of adventure, excitement. Yes, we do this. Um, what, yeah, those are things. Who, who invented them if God didn't invent them? They come from God ultimately. So we can enjoy that. Oh, that was a thrilling film. I got excited and enjoyed it. And it was fun. And it's like, that all comes from God. Mm. And I think we, we need to help one another to, to see that because we can mistakenly get the, the idea that, that God is only responsible for the things that happen in church. Mm. And, mm. you know, the devil has all the fun things. <laughs> and that's been portrayed through history mm. in lots of different ways. But it's like, no, no. Mm. If you enjoy something, even if you're not a Christian, it's like part of our mission and telling people is like every good thing comes from god if you're enjoying something that's because god gave it to you because he's gracious and good and has put that in your life and like these bagels giving you you know that grace so that you would find him Absolutely. and give thanks to him but the problem is you don't mm. and you go down a narrow on a downhill trajectory of sin because you're not giving thanksgiving to god that's what we're in. Mm. that's really good principle too but what we could do i give glory to god on saturday when Man United beat Man City. Oh, and Brighton beat Liverpool. Oh, it was a fantastic Saturday, full of joy and praising the Lord. I just and if, uh, you, if, you, if you are listening to this and didn't believe that miracles can exist, <laughs> the turnaround of Man United it's incredible. should point the blindness you of the to the existence of God. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We've got um, the, the next. Uh, 
talk in our series is on the boy that was uh, possessed by a demon. And this talk, is going to be super interesting. It's, it's next good, week. Yeah, I think live lunch is going to be quite interesting. Going to be explosive. Uh, rumor has it that we might demonstrate the manifest. No kidding, I'm absolutely oh. kidding. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we've had a really long episode. We have, but please we've let forgotten. other people know that we're back. Yeah, we need to grow people, our numbers to six. Like and subscribe. And then Joel will we'll sign off on another season. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Christine, for joining us. All right. And we'll see you next Tuesday. See ya. Bye.